0: I always said, and it, it, it's good that you say that, because I, I always think about my my goldfish experience. Um, mm. So there was this, this person that brought in, I thought it was a goldfish, but it was a koi carp. Yep. Um, so it was kind of a big looking goldfish. And I was like, okay, that's really interesting. And the goldfish had a tumor.
1: Sorry for saying Sorry Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kerpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek.
0: Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kerpenstein, and this is the Per Podcast, and I'm here with my favorite co-host, Dr. Kelly Sindini. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Yola, for having me on again as a co-host.
2: I just love this Per Podcast.
0: Oh, thank you, thank <laughs> you. Yes, and uh, and and you can find us at perpodcast.net. Handle social media handle is at Podcast, But uh, I am really excited because this is uh, the second week that we have our special guest, Dr. Liz O'Brien, and. Um, one of the pioneers uh, i can say now because uh, she mentioned that she did that for quite a uh, quite a lot of years in our previous podcast uh, of feline medicine in canada and uh, i'm excited liz is here hello liz how are you
3: oh thank you i'm great here um and thanks very much for having me back again this
0: week so i always have to ask the first question when i have a canadian on the podcast is what is the weather like in your region
3: it is gorgeous, by the way. It is absolutely a beautiful, beautiful, sunny, beautiful spring day. I mean, that's the great thing about Canada. We have all four seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? There's no bad weather. There's just bad clothes. So in the middle of minus 20, just bundle up and get out there and uh, enjoy it. So no, beautiful day today.
0: That's what Susan always said. But is the snow gone already?
3: In, in southern yes, it has. But it snows beautiful. mm mm-hmm.
0: Awesome, awesome, yeah. So, uh, so we, uh, you know, I, I'm in Kansas right now. We had a very sunny day yesterday. was awful. It was Dutch weather, and Dutch weather means that uh, it rains constantly. Uh, but uh, today is uh, is is nice and sunny. So, what about you, Kelly? Uh, how's the weather there?
2: Beautiful here. I'm not too far away from Liz, and we had a gorgeous day. And I have my hyacinths coming up in my garden and my daffodils. I think you've posted some pictures. Of <laughs>
0: yes, yes, glasses. the tea. they as a matter of fact, the tulips that I planted in the garden, they are doing really well. But the tulips that are in pots, they all got frozen to death because we had that cold spell. Yes. Uh, we always blame Canada for those. I don't know why. It's just, uh, you know a, a, know, a stream that comes from the north. But uh, So we had a cold stream and it knocked out almost everything that was uh, trying to uh, to get out. Uh, so that's too bad. But uh, the the ones in the garden are beautiful, for sure.
2: Well, I blame the squirrels the reason i don't have any tulips is they dig up all the bulbs in the fall <laughs> so i don't have any tulips they do they do they're horrible
0: yeah so <laughs> the, the one that they yeah, don't they like are. daffodils so you can plant daffodils yeah. they will not touch them so
2: don't the hyacinths or anything else just the tulip bulbs
0: for some reason yeah yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. the tulips yum, yum, yum. oh well we have the amazing dr liz o'brien uh uh in the podcast. And so we're going to talk cats. Um, Liz, you have two clinics um, and, and I would love to talk about two topics with you. One is a little bit about if a cat owner adopts a shelter cat, uh, what should the owner look for? But more importantly, if the owner brings the shelter cat to the vet, what should a vet look for? Uh, so what is the routine, um, physical that they need to do, what are the routine tests, just to be sure that everything is okay?
3: Yeah, and that's a great question. Um, And I think it really depends. Well, first of all, you're going to start with a a great history and a a full physical examination. And honestly, it doesn't matter what cat is coming through your door. And it doesn't matter if it's a busy day. I think all uh, six board certified specialists in Canada all feel get a great history and uh, and get a, do a really thorough physical examination, and I think it it often depends what the cat's going to need is based on um, what the sh- what foundation the shelter um, laid for that kitty cat. So we're really fortunate in Hamilton where I am. We have the Hamilton Burlington SPCA. They have one of the, uh, two of the most amazing shelter veterinarians working for them, um, an amazing shelter clinic. They do Fabulous work! So when the kitty cats coming to me from our shelter, I know that they are going to be come and they're going to be spayed and neutered already. Um, and I think that's something as veterinary teams, we really need to applaud. We euthanize far too many healthy adoptable cats because of the cat overpopulation crisis. So. The cats will come to me and they'll already spayed and neutered, they'll already be microchipped, and they will already have initial uh, deworming, um, external parasite treatments, uh, usually a microchip, and or always a microchip, and they will as well have had their first, you know, bit of vaccines. So I really need to look at what the cats had, and then I base um, what the cat needs for preventative health care on um, the, the cat healthy uh, protocols that you can get at CatHealthy.ca. Um, and then you can just follow what additional dewormings do they need? What ad- do they need a feluk FIV test? All kitty cats, we should know. We need to know their status. Has that been done by the shelter? A um, couple other things though. So this is your opportunity to start educating the new cat family, right? This is your opportunity to, to tell them how should a cat eat? Right. Making sure that they're feeding canned food, making sure they're measuring or even better weighing the food and and making uh, nutritional recommendations, you know, putting I always call it the hunt. back in mealtime getting them to start thinking about using you know uh feeding toys and and you know the feeding balls and all kinds of things um so that's your opportunity to start building that foundation and talking about all the environmental needs of the cat what litter boxes do they have how are they cleaning them um are they in different areas of the house are there places for the cat to rest etc um so it's your opportunity um the shelter's already built a, a preliminary um, a foundation for for excellent health. It's your opportunity to build on that using you know the protocols uh, that I recommend. But it's also your opportunity to have fun educating that new cat cat client, right? They, there's so much that they don't know, and I mean, Kelly, honestly, I don't know if you ever had a diabetic. I don't think you've probably ever had a kitten that as it grew older became a diabetic because you do such a great job at how to feed a cat and that's where we can make a difference. We can get rid of diabetes, FIC, all of these conditions if we take that time, you know, every appointment and um, on that initial one to build that trust and build that awareness. Yeah, build that bond with them too, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Very yeah i
0: think that, that those are excellent points uh, do you think there's a difference if you adopt a younger cat versus an older cat from a shelter what what should you watch for uh when you adopt an older cat or, or what should you do as an errand slash cat owner I, I think
3: you know certainly um we need to do uh early disease detection with with blood work and urine samples you know once the cat's you know seven uh, seven or older we need to start Getting those those tests underway, you know, for our senior cats. I I know you did the per podcast about blood pressure. If 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 they're you know ten years at our clinic, it could be earlier at other clinics. Do a blood pressure. You know, start looking at at retina um, the retina. Start. Um, educating the client about watching their mobility. Are they jumping up? Okay. Are they jumping down? Okay. You know, so is there a hesitation start to plant those seeds so that 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 uh, we can really have that cat have a not just a longer life, but a better quality of life. And I think dental is is enormous. I mean, at our um, shelter we're very very fortunate as i said we have very skilled veterinarians there and and they have usually they don't adopt a kitty cat out with severe dental disease but not every shelter has that opportunity right Mm -hmm. so and um you know addressing what is the oral health and how do we make sure moving forward we maintain it. So, so much to discuss and you know, you can't do it in a 15 minute exam. You know, you need a minimum 30 minutes, minimum 30 minutes. And uh, yeah, you you've got lots to discuss.
2: visits for sure. Right?
3: <laughs> right? And, and, I, and I think too, this is the fun part about Cat Healthy because it's not just about the veterinarians, it's about the veterinary team. And everyone be on the same page, and this is a chance to use your technicians, use your receptionists, help them become as knowledgeable as they can, right, Kelly? About about the feline, it's it's a team. Feline medicine has to be a a, a team, and they and the clients have to hear the same information from each team member.
2: Yeah, you need understanding from all your team members, and I find that's where the protocols are really help, helpful, even the simplified ones that we have, because the team, every team member look at those and understand them and convey the same message to the client for sure right
3: yeah and yeah. i know dr little used them the some of them as as lunch and learns for teaching you know like what there there's so much information there and it's you know in canada grab a tims <laughs> and you know get get your team together um and and have a back pre covid but you can still do it use them as as educational um teaching tools
0: you learn them in with the timmies and then uh then you start <laughs> talking cats i love that idea i mean uh we need timmies in in the u.s too uh, for sure uh, and and so one more question i have for you about the shelters is if you are a veterinarian, cat veterinarian And you don't have that relationship with your local shelter. How would you, because you probably started with your local shelter, they might not have known you. So how did you introduce yourself and how can you improve that relationship?
3: You know what? I reached out to them Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and, And actually, I know Dr. Little had started with the Ottawa Humane Society a a trap neuter return trap neuter vaccinate return um, program up there. So I kind of, you know, I think that's when you have great mentors people that have been ahead of you i kind of followed in their footsteps and uh, reached out to our shelter and we started a, a trap neuter uh, vaccinate return program here that is is just expanded brilliantly i mean it used to be all just my hospital and now the the shelter i think they're vaccinating 30 cats a day or not vaccinate spain and neutering 30 30 cats a day wow. so we reached out and said how can I be of help to you and 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 then you just you know the odd time if they had questions if they had an outbreak of something they would phone um you know it's part of your due diligence I I always think it doesn't matter whatever your profession is I think we need to give back to our community and that was my way to do it and it has built trust and bonds that are unbreakable
0: Oh yeah, I love that. I love that idea, and uh, and 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 it really—it all comes down, boils down to communication. Uh, you know, you hear so many horror stories, but if you reach out and 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 support in support, then people will only appreciate that. Yep. Right. So that that's wonderful, um, Kelly. You get the next question.
2: I get the next question. Yay! <laughs> that's a tough thing to throw at me. So I know you were talking, Liz, about our Cat Healthy and um, you know what are some of our projects that are going on, like revamping the website. But what, what are some of the future vision that you have, and for, for Cat Healthy, moving into the next few years, what new projects are are on the horizon? Well, I, I
3: I think we're doing a lot trying to reach out to to um, I hate to say cat owners. Cat yes. cat parents, right? Um, and and we want them to be on board. I mean, we talk a lot in veterinary medicine, you know, about, for example, um, blood pressure on our seniors, the importance of us doing that. Um, what I think in cat healthy, we're we're educating the veterinary teams about the importance and we we've laid that foundation but now we're trying to reach out really to those cat families and and the cat parents and and so my dream I think for cat healthy would be that that cat families come to the vet and they're the ones that say well aren't you doing a blood pressure today he's 10 years of age you know um When we changed how we vaccinated cats years and years ago, I'm really aging myself here. It was, you know, the AFP did a fabulous job, but it was slow in our profession. And what made people in the profession and our profession change was when cat parents came in and said, why are you giving my cat that every year? Yeah, that that they don't need that. Mm-hmm. And so I think with the as we start to educate uh, cat parents, it's going to be, well, my cat, you know, is eight years old, are you running some, some blood work yeah. as a baseline? Are you doing a blood pressure? Are you, you know, doing this and that, that would be kind of what we're really focusing on in the next few years.
2: Right. And we want to empower them with the right kind of information to you, right? So they're not just going online and searching up all kinds of weird things that maybe exactly accurate, that they're actually looking out to places like cat healthy where they yeah. can
3: get We wanted to want to be their doctor google and i think one of the things uh we always think about is we're kind of their best friend like it, it's funny as cat specialists people they do trust us because why would you become a cat specialist you must really love cats, right? You can be an ortho, a a surgeon. (laughs) As we well know, when people say, wow, that's neat, you're a surgeon. But when you're a cat specialist, people are like, wow, you must really love cats. So we have a trust. Um, We have their trust. And, uh, and I think we just continue to build that trust and build those bonds and educate. That would be the the real um, vision for where we're headed. Yeah. when
0: i tell people that i'm a certain people run away from me <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what's the difference they never think i'm a specialist They always say oh okay yeah i better not get my dog close to you or or cat in that that regard but uh, you know I, I do have a surgery question for you because that always intrigues me as a tertiary specialist uh, and i was of course specialized in oncology reconstruction Um, But I always felt that people are much more comfortable in doing surgery in cats than in the Mm D-word. So they tend to refer these much quicker than cats. And that's sometimes in the detriment of the cats because, you know, uh, surgical specialties, obviously, when you have complicated cases... And, and, and sometimes uh, we've got these, these poor cat cases that have been treated so many ways already. And if they would have just sent them through a little earlier, uh, we probably would have not needed to do that, a ma- that massive a reconstruction or a surgical intervention. Why do you think that is?
3: Hmm. I, well, I think they're smaller, right? Uh, you yeah. know, if, if I think about Spain a cat, I, I, you spay a cat. When I think about spaying a deep-chested dog, yeah. <laughs> I kind of have an anxiety attack. Yeah. Um, and um, and and I think they're per- they are um, perceived as being easier surgical candidates. And I think historically um, and probably to their detriment, they've been a little more forgiving, right? Um, um, when people have uh, um, maybe you know in taken on something they shouldn't have so um, and I also think I'm hoping it will change you know when we started cat healthy we really wanted to increase the value of cats and I think yeah. that's happened and I think too um, veterinarians need to to pick up to that 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 cat families really really value their cats. I mean, I had two clients yesterday and it was like, you know, he means the world to me. He means everything. I can't manage life without him. Of course, it's always a 17 year old cat. Right. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, so I think that as well, that people haven't perceived their values so that they're a little more willing to to jump in when they shouldn't.
0: I always said and it's good that you say that because I, I always think about my my goldfish experience. Um, so there was this this person that brought in i thought it was a goldfish but it was a koi carp yeah um, so it was kind of a big looking goldfish and i was like okay that's really interesting and the goldfish had the tumor and and i was like how am i going to explain to that that poor person that my surgery fee will probably be much more than than the koi of the koi itself Um and he didn't really didn't care so i i was already putting something i was kind of thinking that a person would 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 care about the money and the person didn't then i found out that that koi carp specifically was worth $55,000 so that was a whole <laughs> different story but I I, I often think that we as veterinarians have kind of a uh, pre-notion about how people will respond, and that's not the case very often. So people care about their animals, and then, yes, there will be people that will not want to pay a specialty fee, but, uh, you know, it it, it doesn't hurt to ask, and it doesn't hurt to communicate clearly to them what is necessary and then have them make a decision.
3: I agree, and I think we're seeing more and more people accepting referrals, than ever before. I think we really, the the value of the cat as part of a member of their family um, has really dramatically increased, yeah. especially in the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree there too. I mean, it's uh, that uh, I, I think that uh, that people and I, I also think maybe social media has something to do with that too, uh, because it's so much easier to get information about it, and 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 especially in in these periods during COVID, people have become so much more attached to their animals because they're around all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think that helps too. Uh, I think the knowledge about what specialists do and why they're there and why it's important for them to be there. Because in in my field, so in the oncology field, it's a little less uh, forgiven when you don't do the right thing in the beginning. Yes. And so I I think that people uh, have found out in, in many cases when I get secondary or tertiary referrals of things that have been done with tumors, I'm often the last chance and in very many cases I you know even I cannot do anything about it well if if I would have gotten the cats the first time I probably would have done a curative surgery at that point so it's 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 true that general knowledge is increasing which is good and I think that that uh, kudos for the adherence that refer because that's what you should do in these complicated cases
3: Absolutely yeah. Yeah. So. That's why you have specialists
0: that's exactly it. That's exactly it, and 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 that's why you, I, I think that's why there, that that's why I'm so happy that there are cat specialists too, because once again it's it's not the same, uh, and and so I'm intrigued by you saying that everybody has in their clinic space for a cat special area. How would what what would you advise? people say that that there's a medium large clinic, how would you advise people to start up their own, you know, special area for the cats? What, what are some tips that you can give them?
3: Yeah, there's, there's two aspects of that, right? There's the physical, and uh-huh. then there's the mental, right? Um, I think you can you can build all the the cat only rooms, etc, that you want, but the team has to really like cats, right? And they have to understand the cat, so I think there's there's two ways to do it, Uh, and the and the cat certainly becoming cat friendly certified. I would say Kelly would probably be the the best route to go because it really does both of those aspects in in the whole process the team have to become knowledgeable about the cat understanding the cat handling the cat and the practice gets set up so that you can get the cat right into an exam room that there's a place high up for the carrier that there might be a cat only exam room a cat only ward so i think really the becoming cat uh, friendly certified is is probably the best route to go because it does look at all of those aspects. But you know, I think even really simple things um, in a practice um, can start to build awareness. You go into a lot of practices and it's all dog pictures or a dog and cat together, like having an just cat artwork. You know, and and if you have dog toys, have cat toys. Start to engage those conversations right from from the receptionist when you're sending out social media. Um, you know, make sure that you have a cat-only topics. And I always say, most of um, people that have a dog also have a cat. So send it out to everyone. But I think starting with the AFP at catvets.com. That's it, Kelly. Is it not? Catvets.com is, is the it. route to go. Yeah, yeah, having cat only scales on your exam tables, like The little pediatric scales, it doesn't take much to really make a difference. Um, And your clients will notice it, and the cats will notice it. And, uh, and the team will start to really build, become confident cat caregivers.
2: I think you make a good point there, Liz, like you talk about becoming cat friendly practice certified. But even just the individual steps, like the little things that you've mentioned, like getting a CAT scale and doing things bit by bit can really build the team's confidence, can build the client's confidence. And then you can move towards that whole certification with that much more confidence, knowing, hey, every little thing that we've done to change the practice for CATs has been a positive thing. So let's just go and do the whole thing.
3: And and I tell people brag about it to your clients yeah. when you have feel away diffusers when you have nice blankets on the table on your scale i brag about it to the clients and you know even with curbside delivery of our patients i'm still telling people do you know what um I have, we have a really nice blanket there. Um, You know, when Toffee comes in, we're gonna warm it up, we're gonna do whatever. He's gonna be really happy with our team. Um, I'm gonna examine him wherever he wants to be examined in the exam room, you know, getting the client's aware that you are making a difference and that the cat's going to have have a nice time. And I tell them afterwards, if it's a, a kitten or cat and they've been playing with a, a a toy, send it home. He really enjoyed this in the exam room. I think little, little changes, um, tiny little changes are, have huge impact, both for the patient, the team and the client. They
0: do, yeah. Yeah, that's great, that's great. I have another question for you, Liz. What is your favorite part of being a cat veterinarian?
3: oh i don't know all of it what is it you know i i love um i love we know cats are masters of disguise and so i mean i just love the feline um i look at my cats everyone every one of my patients i start to peg are they a lion are they a cheetah are they like you know are they a leopard i kind of I always think they're just like the big cats and i have a real passion for the big cats from a veterinary standpoint i love that they are the masters of disguise i mean every kitty cat that comes in they're just not quite doing right you know and and so so they're they're trying to hide their signs and they're hiding them from they're clients. They're trying to hide them from me. I think sometimes they're trying to hide them from themselves, right? They're they survival of the fittest, um, masters of disguise, and it, so I love that challenge. Um, and they often have comorbidities, um, and and so I love that challenge of what is going on and and making sure that I'm always looking at all the aspects. Like is he in in pain we need to make sure that we've got that under control you know is he nausea we need to make sure that's under control is he fearful we need to figure out how we're doing that so I love the challenge of them but the species um oh they just fascinate me they just fascinate me
0: and and so you said you love large cats oh Uh, I do I do uh,
3: (laughs) yeah yeah how
0: does that express itself
3: Um, I've uh, uh, gone to um, Namibia and Botswana and uh, worked on cheetahs and leopards and there's um, a few lion prides in uh, in Botswana that I'm watching their behavior from a distance. There's a bit of a challenge for the Lion King takeover and when I'm there um, with the big cats and they're right outside our tent sometimes and you're hearing them, the lion roar and chuffing, like I... I'm not frightened. It's weird. I, it's just like the kitty cats in the exam room. They're so similar. So it's kind of just an expansion of of what I do in the practice. I'm kind of, um, yeah, doing it, um, um, expanding that to the big cats. That's super cool. It's and fun. what is your
0: favorite big cat then?
3: The lion. The lion. He really is the king of the jungle. Our mm. first night camping ever in, uh, in, um, in Botswana. We're in the tent and it's about three in the morning. The baboons are making all this noise like an impala's rutting there's a warthog snorting through and you're hearing all these noises. And, and at about three in the morning, the lion just did this big roar and the whole the whole place went silent and it was like and i was with uh, um elaine wexler mitchell uh who's from california feline specialist from california we were we were roommates and and uh tent mates and we just kind of we're both awake and we both went wow he is the king he is the king yeah
0: Yeah, and i i think the lioness is the queen i mean oh she is we should yes. not because I think the the male lion is quite a lazy, not doing a lot uh, kind of person. I think the queen is doing most of the work there.
3: Well, we think that, but the lion, when they're actually doing a big takedown, the, the male's He's contact with them and he'll actually come in and charge in when they need help. It's quite interesting um, how he interacts with them. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy being the king. I, yes. I think he has a few good years where it's easy and then he's got a challenge to get in there and he's got a challenge to keep it. Right. So yes. Yes. kind of like life, kind of like life these days.
2: <laughs> That's
0: exactly it. And Kelly, you have the last question.
2: Oh, the last question so let's with all this trips to Africa and loving the big cats do you think that's something that you'll be doing more as you move to retirement
3: yeah i you know if once the borders open up um i really want to kind of study the behavior of lions yeah okay. like i i want to understand you know, there's a few prides that I'm quite interested in, and I have a, a a guide that I'm close to in Africa that sends me all kinds of information and pictures. And I'd love to do that. Like yeah. just just a fun. It would be really interesting to you know study their behavior and and follow a pride, follow a lion as you know. Um, when they're first born and kind of i mean it it can be sad right i mean they might not make it it's not an easy life it's it's you know it's it's the real world out there for them but kind of see who becomes the king and who becomes the queen and you know i would love that that is very cool yeah yeah that, that is, would be my dream
0: that is uber cool i yeah i love it i remember that i was in in, in south africa and we were watching uh, one pride—it's just amazing—and and you know the animals—they do as if you're not there, just walking around doing their thing. They're so beautiful. They're so beautiful. So it's really inspiring, and I, I can I can see where you're coming from. This, uh, yeah. So uh, hopefully that time will be soon, so you can enjoy it.
3: Yes, so you can do it. But I'm still enjoying, you know, the cats in the clinic, and I kind of peg some of them, like, and I'll say to his dad, oh he, he's he's the king oh he is the king Liz he's the king of the jungle in our place yeah it's fun to watch them you know some that are cheetahs some that are leopards some you get a feeling of a lynx yeah fun
0: awesome thank you so much we're already at the end of the second uh, episode it's just going so fast it's so intriguing what you're talking uh, about uh, Liz so thank you so much for being on
3: thank you Liz oh and thank you for having me gang it's been very fun
0: it is a wonderful pleasure and uh, we hope to uh, be back next week uh, with the per podcast. This was the per podcast. Thank you Kelly for being a wonderful co-host once again and uh, and I and I hope you enjoyed it if you I want more information perpodcast.net is our website and we have a social media handle uh, at per Podcast. Um, tell your friends about the Pearl Podcast. Uh, We see our membership grow every week and we really appreciate all your support. And if you have topics, uh, you can put that in our social media channels and then we'll find the right person to answer your questions. So once again, thanks Liz for being on.
3: Thank you very much for having me and letting me share my passion. (laughs) Passions, the feline.
0: (laughs) Awesome, thank you.
1: Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options.